Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You are watching and listening to Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Brunsky. Welcome to everybody tuning in on SB Nation Radio. We're excited to be here following Scotty Farrell. Scotty's weekdays, 4 to 6. We follow him. I am Renzi. He's going to town with the raging redhead, Cam Stewart. Uh, we're also broadcasting on the Grand Sports Grid uh, video. So if you're tuning in just to the audio only, shout out to everybody. And the show's just one hour on SB Nation Radio from 6 to 7. But um, you can tune in to SB Nation um, into onto their website, and they're broadcasting the second hour of the show. You can find our videos up over at sportsgrid.com uh, as well. So we're talking about the National Football League draft and Jalen Hurts. His over number uh, right now is 62 and a half. So he's going to be drafted in the first 62 picks, uh, 62, or after 62. And as we were saying, 60, you know, guys, 32 picks in the first round, 32 picks in the second round, 64. I'm not a mathematician, but I'm smart enough to figure that out. So I'm also smart enough to figure out that means he's got to be a late second round pick or better. And I don't see that. Like, you and I have talked a lot about these quarterbacks. Jacob Eason will be that. That's where he's going to go. Yes. Jalen Hurts. And and I think the oddsmakers got it right originally. I think they were right. It was like 72 and a half. I think it was even 74 and a half. And it's been the media. But I find it interesting because... It's not like every time you turn the TV on, people are talking about how great Jalen Hurts is. They're really, they aren't. So it goes to show the power of Mel Kuyper, actually, in which Mel Kuyper, Mel Kuyper releases, I think, like a mock draft daily. Like, he updates it. I don't know. It's like for ESPN insiders. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Got to pay for it. I'm not paying. (laughs) You got two picks out of 32 right there. I'm not paying. Thank you. I'm not paying for this show. (laughs) I'll give you more winners than Mel Kuyper. But Mel Kuyper, his latest big board, has Jalen Hurts 49, and then suddenly we're getting plus money with with Jalen Hurts. So it's going to go over. We'll get back to the NFL draft a little bit. But Sad times, good news, bad news. And uh, let's get to the good news first, actually. Yes, I like some good news, please. Yeah, we didn't get to this, actually. Yeah, Kevin, it's good news. Like a, a fridge full of beer. Yeah. With a barbecue in the backyard like, going. Yeah, like that old lady you told me who called Coors. She thought yeah. she was getting one beer. She got 180. That's yeah. good news. <laughs> Dude, why, is it, why does everything happen to other people? I don't I know. guarantee you, Kevin. If you put a sign, go stand in your window, yeah. get, get your neighbor, say, listen. I'm going to take a picture, have a beer, and say, need more beer. Yeah. Ain't nobody. No, Coors ain't sending you 180 anything. They won't even send you no. 180 empty cans. Buddy, I told you. I had a I, I had a pitcher of steam whistle, like, up to my my whole kitchen was filled with empties, and I, like, sent them. Hey, I'm a big proponent. Crickets. Like, not even, like, a case. I remember actually once, though, when we, me and you were working at the score, we did get pork products, and I did get beer because we mentioned them on the air before. Yeah, that was from local that, That's from local people. That's true. That's Not true. like the, 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 the national chains didn't, didn't, didn't hook you up. <laughs> but, <laughs> but on the plus side, you've been bitching, and Cam's a big golf fan. You've been crying about golf. And about, yeah. I don't know why they're waiting so long to play golf. They can play golf. So the PGA originally announced... Uh, their their major schedule, championship schedule, with I believe was the PGA in the first week of August. Um, 
And they said they were going to resume in like mid-July. I think it was like July 22nd or 23rd. Yep. Okay, you got to be happy. They've revised the plan. And listen, we I, and what did I tell you? I said, the PGA are run by smart people. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're intellectually smart. Oh, big time. So they didn't yep. get stupid and say, oh, no, 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 we're playing May 1st. We're doing this. They said, no, no. Well, the majors are in August, starting that, and we'll try to get back mid-July. They saw, you know what? We could do this, I think, a month earlier. So you got to be happy, Cam. PGA supposed to, scheduled to be coming back. What is it, June 10th right now? June, yeah, June 10th, June 11th, uh, Byron Nelson in Fort Worth, Texas. So Texas is a part. Hey, man, these guys are in right now. And I'm going to tell you something. I love it without the fans. I'll tell you how many tournaments we've watched where I see a ball going out of bounds from a guy that's loose off the tee. Hey, it hit the fan. It stayed in play. Now we're going to see the players actually are going to hate this, guys, Gabe. Guys like Phil Mickelson with no fans, I have some betting edges for you. Him again in matchup bets, how many balls has Phil Mickelson kept in play because it hit a cart, hit a fan, hit hit a tree, bounce back in there? Without fans, that ball is going to keep rolling and rolling, and I love the PGA, what they're doing. You don't need the fans, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, the Canadian Open got postponed, but in this new... Um, you know, new schedule. Some lower grade tournaments are going to have to go, even if historic. But I love the fact that it's going to get back on June 11th at the Byron Nelson. It's going to be good, good stuff. Now there's still challenges ahead. At least Charles they're they're they're, yeah. they're scheduled. Yeah. So well, you're saying Byron Nelson? I'm sorry, Charles June. Schwab. Yeah, Charles Schwab. Charles yeah. Schwab. They used to be called the Byron Nelson. Yeah, Charles Schwab. All right. So yeah, that's the Charles Schwab Challenge, June 11th through 14th. Yet there's still there's still travel bans. There is. There's still travel bans that are in place. So, you know, June 11th is still a little bit ways away. There's a little bit of a light at the, at the end of the tunnel. A little bit, yes and no. I think what we're seeing, there's no, there's no, clean, there's no clean slate. There's no magic date that ooh, everything's going to be back. And I think you're going to see some sports will be back. Some sports won't be back. Some sports will try to come back and fail. Some sports um, will, will try to come back and succeed. And let's start off with Major League Baseball right now. Very, very difficult, challenging. You're talking about four and a half, five months, although there is a push for it. There is a push uh, for their their new start. They're hoping for like the 4th of July around then. It's like a symbolic uh, situation. Yet, if you're Major League Baseball, you got a problem when Mike Trout comes out and says, yeah. I'm not leaving my pregnant wife. Yeah. And he brought up a good point, and I brought this up too, because I said, all right, if you're quarantined, and you tell the guys, listen, if something really serious happens, just leave. It is what it is, and we'll deal with it. But, and as he stated, he goes, so if I leave to go for the birth of my kid, he goes, do I need to be quarantined again for two weeks after? Yeah, that's And what, isolated? That's, that's interesting. Very right? interesting so he point. brought that up. And then he brought up, too, he specifically said, he said, I'm not living in a hotel room for four and a half months, going to play a baseball game, and then going back into the room and being quarantined. He said, that just sounds crazy to me. And he's like, you know, he doesn't talk a lot, Mike Trout. Mike Trout never talks. He never no, says he anything. Doesn't. No one even knows no. what he looks like, barely. <laughs> and, like, he's unknown. Yeah. As a like, superstar, one of the most unknown superstars. Yeah, Kenneth Fareed is more known than he is. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, they're on a, on a sports poll. Like, Kenneth Fareed, Mike Trout was, like, 55th. Like, basically, it was, you ask common people, it was the Q rating. Yep. So not you're not not outside of a stadium like you basically go to a mall or you know online and yep. you just ask everybody point blank have you ever heard of Derek Jeter oh yeah of course <laughs> you know what I mean then it gets to 
You ever heard of Kenneth Fareed? Oh, yeah, the guy in the Denver Nuggets with the dreadlocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know that guy. Right? <laughs> Mike Trout ranked 54th out of names. That's craziness. <laughs> That's craziness. Yeah, it tells you. Derek Jeter was 13th. And Derek Jeter hasn't played it forever. Derek yeah. Jeter is still the most famous baseball player. Like, in, with modern, like, on if you ask people. Like, if you ask, like, if you called 100 just random Americans right now on the phone, you see, you ever heard of Manny Machado? Very few are going to say yes. Like, Manny Machado might be a big, big star. Bryce Harper. Baseball yeah. doesn't do a good job of promoting their stars. Like, if you go, oh, you, know, you ever heard of Chris Paul? They'll be like, oh, a guy in a State Farm commercial. Commercials? Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the other sports do a better job of, of marketing their players. That's one, one thing with baseball. So, college college sports are screwed, guys. Oh, they're done. Yeah, that, let's college be honest. College sports like, are screwed. That's one yeah. thing that even the ADs are starting to realize this. If there's no students on campus, there's no games. If there's no vaccination, there's no... And they're not pros, guys, so you can't tell them, oh, you're going to live in a bubble in quarantine. You can't do it. No. Like, it's just... And you know what, what's going crazy right now, too, Cam? And I called this on the Marenzi Unfiltered podcast. I said this earlier in the week before the sky started to fall on them all. I said, if I was a blue-chip college basketball player, there's no way in hell I would go play college this year. Yeah. You don't even know if they're playing. Go anywhere. Um, there's going to be no fans. Like, what are you getting out of this? You're going to want to like, live in quarantine, like to play for Coach K for free? Yep. Like, you know what I mean? And you saw the Michigan. Michigan uh, had their highest recruit. Yep. Kid said, sorry, Coach. I love you, Juan Howard. I, well, I was going to come here, but whatever that is going on, I'm going overseas. I'm going to get paid before I go smart. to the NBA. Very smart. Uh, five kids left Kentucky earlier in the week. And that tells me that Calipari told them to leave. Yes. Calipari must have told them, guys, don't stick around. Go make money overseas. Because don't be worry about losing eligibility. There's yep. no eligibility to lose. I got to tell you <laughs> this. And we, me and you have talked about this before. Um, I think it was trending this way anyway before COVID-19. If I'm a young person, you know, you talk about one and done's guys going right to the NBA, Luka Doncic, the success people have had playing in the overseas. Why not get paid Euros? The way I look at it is I'm a young guy. I could go to the NBA and I could still put food on the table, money in my pockets and get life experience overseas. The college experience until the NCAA, you know, forks out checks. It, it, to me, it does, like me and you, if we were in a basketball team, I go, buddy, I'll see you in Barcelona. You go here, whatever. We're going to go to Europe and make some cake. And we're going to make some real money. If yeah, we're good enough, if, uh, we're going to get drafted. I don't know if you or I are good enough to play in Barcelona. No, we're going, I, uh, we're, you know we're what I mean? Uh, somewhere, somewhere. If we're in New Zealand. Me, I'm there. Yeah. We're in New Zealand. I'll go to New Zealand all day, all night. Yeah. You want to pay me? New Zealand? I'm in. Barcelona. I'm in. Yeah, that's a good team. <laughs> and I used to, I used a very high example. I know what you mean. You're right. you, yeah, exactly. Like I'm just saying, the NCAA it was trending this way anyway. COVID well, nineteen kid, makes Emmanuel, it a nightmare. Think about it. A couple of years ago, it was probably about five years ago. Emmanuel Moutier. So now in the NBA, I mean, he's not a yep. star in the NBA, really, but the kid's a multimillionaire. Yeah. Um, so Emmanuel Moutier was supposed to go to SMU with Larry Brown. All right. And there was always a problem, bro. There was something with his grades, and then there was this, and then, oh, did he get did he get a free dinner once at McDonald's three months? Like, um, it yeah. was all, all like, and he got suspended. They told him, you can play. The NCAA after said, all right, you can play, but not until Christmas or something. Yeah. And he went to, um, he went to Larry Brown, and he goes, listen, I was going to play. I was going to play, bro, but I've had enough. 
And, dude, he, he made $5 million for one year to play in China. Ding, 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 ding. Like, why the hell would you play for free at SMU in Dallas, Texas, <laughs> exactly. when they gave you $4.8 million? Like, he got, like, you know, 13 trillion yen or whatever the hell it was. It worked out to, like, 4 or $5 million he got. Jeez. And he would have played for free. He's right out of high school. And he, boom, he got $4 million. And then he got drafted, like, seventh overall in the yep. NBA after. Yeah, they bought Whatever the hell it was. Like, yep. then he got drafted. Exactly. Right? You know what I mean? Like, so, if you're a kid, like, why would you play? And, and think about this, Kemp. The whole reason, you don't even want to go to college in the first place. Yep. You're going there. You don't care. You don't like it. Zion did because he's a good kid, and he actually yep. seemed to enjoy the experience. But a lot of guys, like Ben Simmons said, LSU was the worst year of his life. Uh, Darren Fox, when asked, even if he got paid, uh, he could have made money in Kentucky, which you know he did, wink, wink. But he said, <laughs> he said, F, no, I wouldn't go. Yep. Like, basically, no. Like, it's not like they sell this, oh, your college experience. Yeah. Most of these guys are only there because they have to be there. They don't like it. But, Ken, what's, what's the one good thing about it? Like, why do you choose these schools every these kids? It's like, all right, I'll be on ESPN every night. Yep. I'll get a shoe contract out of this. I'll build my brand. And let's be real. The chicks are really hot on campus. True. Right? The parties are cool. What do you think you go to USC for? Like, that's part of the perk. Yeah, you're a USC Trojan. And, dude, look at the cheerleaders, bro. You're going to be going to the parties with them. Yeah. There's no parties anymore. There's no college life. There is no hot chick. The camp, exactly. They're not there. Campus is closed. There's so no you're going to be there on an empty campus, yep. risking yourself? You yeah. know, college basketball guys, they're going to have massive problems. And oh, even absolutely. if they play next year, it's going to be all white guys. It's going to be like, and, I, like and, I, and I'm dead serious. For betting purposes, take teams like Creighton. Teams like, take teams that don't have guys that are blue chippers that are leaving. Because yeah, like if you're a young blue chip team... I'm telling you, like Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, nah, nope, Michigan's my. already losing kids. If you're a blue chipper, you're like, why am I going to go through this quarantine crap or the uncertainty when China's open for business and they'll pay me? This is the thing, Gabe. There's a domino effect, too. This is really going to happen where the NCAA, and you said it, basketball's in big trouble. They're going to have, have to come out with a plan to pay these kids, even the kid that gets a job at Enterprise after he's done the grocery store or whatever, because there's too many options other places. And you said it. Take a look at the landscape now. There is no incentive for these guys to go and play in an empty campus. There's going to be, you're right, no ladies to have sex with. No, there's a lot of problems. <laughs> no, I'm just bringing up, you said it, the college experience. So, and I, let's remember one thing. A lot of these guys, too, also have siblings in trouble. I'd like to make money instantly. It's not one of those things. It's like, I need cash now. I don't have time to screw around. Until the NCAA figures it out, it's Sound a big like the problem. guy in the commercial. It's yeah. my money, and I yeah. need it now. I have an annuity, but I need cash now. J.G. Wentworth, 877-CASH-NOW. Those guys really <laughs> went out, all out with that. They did, too. Man. See the commercial? The mom's, like, cleaning up after the guy in the base. He's like, I'd really like my own place. They're like on Broadway. They're on a stage. And he comes up. Here's your money, sir. I know. Here's your money, buddy. I've actually been depressed after like a bad <laughs> Sunday at NFL gambling. And I've been like, man, I wish I had some money coming from KG Wentworth right now. <laughs> exactly. Where's my money? I need it now. I need cash now. Speaking of which, this is kind of sad. Well, whatever. It is what it is. People dying is sad. This is just, yeah. this is just real life. But it sucks is the NBA playoffs would be starting on Saturday. Yep. The NBA regular season would have, uh, it's over now. The NBA season uh, is, is done. It's uh, concluded. 
and um, the playoffs would be it would be set to start and very depressing because I was planning on uh, going to the, the playoff opener, Toronto Raptors on April the 18th. And you know what's really more frustrating about it? I still have the ticket, yet this is what do you do with it? Like I said, FanDuel is closed. And I have a ticket cab for the Raptors to win a division. And I'm curious to see, do I get the money back for the ticket? What if they, the NBA announces? And I think the NBA will play. So I think the NBA will play in I Vegas in, play. in August, my, yeah. my deal is. I say yeah. August. That's right? my, my, my time. NBA line. playoffs in August. So, yeah. do, so when they announce this, like, I better get paid for the Raptors winning the division. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, well, is it guaranteed? No. But they were up three games. And if the seedings are over, I don't want to hear, no, no, they didn't play. No, 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 no. They won the division. Like, if the seedings are set, then I want to get paid for the ticket. No, and I it's plus 190. I got 200 bucks on it. It's like oh, 300 bucks. It's literally, it's like $690 I have on this. I'd be very concerned. And I didn't know, understand the way they did it in college. There's no college season. At my sports book, the team with the number one ranking before the tournament would be the champion. That would make the Kansas Jayhawks champions without a tournament. Me yeah, and you both have futures on Kansas. We don't get a cent. Those books called it void. Well, I've already FanDuel, my books. FanDuel, FanDuel was very nice because they had the conference college basketball tournaments going on when everything got shut down. And they paid people for teams that got eliminated. Well, like, so basically, not, yeah. like yeah. Window Will played North Carolina to win the ACC tournament. They lost. They got smashed by Syracuse. Remember they beat Virginia Tech in the first yeah, game? Syracuse then they got smashed by Syracuse. Yeah. And then the next day, everything got shut down. They refunded him. You gotta be kidding. And I even said I wouldn't even refund him. They lost. You don't have a gun. Like, yeah, you got eliminated before the tournament got started. You don't get your money back. But hey, it was pretty classy of FanDuel. Oh, they do a lot of good things. Yeah, so we'll see how they handle my NBA future uh, ticket. All right, we'll get into some uh, more into uh... DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. You are watching and listening to Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Brunson. Let's keep rolling. We're throwing it down to Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. And, uh, Cam, does he have some uh, some bad moves? I just saw this. And you know what? It actually hit me. I was like, damn. I, it's one of these actors that I actually legitimately liked. I like a lot of his movies. And I'm thinking, uh, like, if someone was going to play you in a movie, actually, he would have been good. He would have had to dye his hair red. But he would have been a perfect actor to play you. But um, unfortunately, unfortunately, Brian Dennehy has passed oh, away. Oh yeah, Brian. De I like Brian Dennehy too. Brian kind Dennehy. Of, wow. What do you think of when 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 I say Brian Dennehy? The first role I think of Brian Dennehy, he was the uh, the angry sheriff that wanted to shoot Rambo in the first <laughs> Rambo movie. <laughs> He always plays that guy. That's the thing about Danny. He gets pretty fired up. And like a lot of those movies, he plays uh, the, the powder keg type of guy, too. He's, he's an interesting guy, Gabe. You don't really hear his name, but 
He is, like, when you look at a track record, he's been in a lot of stuff. Like, the thing is, it's kind of like a good character actor. He gets the yes. call a lot of the time, but you don't get to hear about him. He's like, he's kind of like Team B, but uh, he always shows up for work. Denny. Uh, but the thing is, with, with a guy like Brian Denny, he is, everybody sort of remembers him in another movie, right? Like, people are like, oh, I remember him from, uh, people are saying Tommy Boy. See, I don't think of him in Tommy Boy. I, you know what I think of? I think of him playing the killer clown, John Wayne Gacy. Another great call. No, I do remember him in Tommy Boy, right? That's Tommy's dad, right? Re yeah. Remember Tommy Boy? Like, right? oh, yeah. He's always like the fun guy. Don't yeah, the, guy, the guy's yeah. a great actor. I'm going to yeah. give him more than Tommy Boy, all right? What? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, <laughs> no, son, that's for me. Brian <laughs> Denny. No, you said it, uh, Gabe. Well, listen but to this. Golden Globe, two Tony yeah. Awards, six primetime Emmy nominations, roles. Gorky Park, Silverado, Cocoon, FX, Presumed Innocent, yep. First Blood, Rambo, First Romeo Blood. and Juliet, Knights of Cups, Death of a Salesman. He had a nice run, though. He made it to 81. Um, yeah, he was in a lot of other shows, too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, like I remember in, like, Law & Order, he'd be the guy who, like, played, like, the, the corporate pervert, you know, on vacation in New York. And, hey, hey, what are you doing with those hookers and pervert. stuff? Yeah, it's like, hey, hey, I was just, uh, I was just talking to her. Hey, what are you talking about there, SVU? Back off. Like, you know what I mean? He was in a lot of different stuff, but I've always liked Dennehy. I thought he was kind of one of those guys that you said it. Like, actually, like he's one of those guys that is actually better than what you think it is because you named a couple things, like, um, like almost Shakespearean type of things. Like the guy would do a lot of uh, side roles, but better than he is. But he just tried to make a paycheck after a while. We all got to get paid. You know what a really good movie is. I don't know if you know this one. It's it was called Best Seller, and it's in 1987. Best Seller, okay. Yeah, yeah, Best Seller, and it stars Brian Dennehy and James Woods. James Woods like crazy on Twitter now. He's always getting banned for Twitter. He's like all crazy political and stuff. But um, the movie opens in 1972 as a group of gunmen wearing Richard Nixon Halloween masks steal evidence from a police evidence storage unit, killing several police officers in the process. Officer Dennis Meacham, he's always a cop too. Yeah, right? Brian true. Dennehy, seriously <laughs> wounded after stabbing one of the robbers. He survives and publishes a book called Inside Job on his experience. Years later, Meacham is now an acclaimed author and a much decorated detective working on his next novel. He suffers from writer's block. And um, he hooks up with James Woods. I don't <laughs> want to give this script away, but- Got to do it again. Get yeah. that blood flowing again. <laughs> Sounds like to me. That's it's, a big uh, scientist to figure that one out, Gabe. But uh, that sounds uh, no. But the thing is, he wasn't part of the inside job. It was an inside job, but Brian Denny wasn't part of it. So he tries to he writes a book trying to solve it, and James Woods comes into the equation. Uh -oh. But uh, very very good movie for people that haven't seen it. I'd like uh, to see be it. better than watching like Joe the Tiger Exotic or whatever the hell that guy is. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's continue on with some of these these uh, questions of the day. So. Rest in peace. Rest in peace to uh, to Brian Dennehy, great actor. So if I asked you, Cam, who would uh, who would play you if you you said I if when you who should play Cam Stewart in the life the life and story of Cam Stewart in a movie? It's interesting. Actually, Dennehy makes a lot of sense, but now he's passed away. I always thought Michael Rappaport, but he's like got the New York accent. Like I remember, I just saw actually it's funny. I was watching Law and Order the other day. He was a uh, one of the perverts Michael that was in there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who else. Like, who else looks like me? I don't know. You tell me. 
Uh, I thought he was a guy. Michael I, Rappaport. Yeah, I, I, I Michael Rappaport has the thick ass New York accent. Yeah, but he, if he's a real Number actor, two, he can do me. He Michael Rappaport me. is thin. Yeah, it's a good point. Who's Portly? Uh, Goodman's too old. Yeah, I, I don't Come know. On, Puccio. Get in here, Puccio. Yeah. Get me one. Rob Wells. Who the hell's Rob Wells? I don't even know who that is. I've never heard of Rob Wells. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Ricky yeah, from Jailer okay. Park. That's, that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. came through. Puccio, See, very he's good. Just he's a big jerk in real life. I interviewed him. Actually, yeah. My girlfriend was disappointed, too. I told you, when she was doing the Wayne Gretzky spirits, uh, Trailer Park Boys came out with some uh, spirits as well. And she was interviewing him. She goes, I was really disappointed because she loved the show and she loves Rush, right? Like uh, uh, like Cork, uh, Conky and, uh, and Bubbles. She's a big Rush fan. So she interviewed those guys for the whiskey, and she told me she came away very disappointed, Gabe. Very disappointed. I um, I had them on. They were actually at a Toronto Blue Jay Boston Red Sox game. It was the season opener. Yeah. And it was like celebrity. It was like a big night. And I don't know if you remember, actually. It was the night the Toronto Blue Jay fans, they were given big fridge magnets. Yeah. <laughs> and they threw them. But it got dangerous, like the magnets like picked up weight like from the upper deck. Yeah, they're like they're they're magnets, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, people were getting hit in the back of the head with magnets all night. They were like, Yeah, we can't give people anything in Toronto anymore. They just throw it. So it was like, yeah, I remember people were throwing magnets all night everywhere. And uh, but Slash played the national anthem, nice. Dozen Roses, nice. and the trailer park boys were there. I think they might have thrown out the first pitch. <laughs> yeah. I interviewed the trailer park boys. And um, Ricky was a jerk. Bubbles was a jerk. They were they were in character. Like, they wouldn't come out of character, except the only one that did come out of character was Julian. Oh, yeah. he, was the, he was normal. Like, he was like, uh, he was just like, ah, oh, that's yeah, cool. But I it was like funny. You. He had the drink. Yeah, of course he did. Hey, yeah, Julian's yeah. got his rum and yeah, coke. Yes, so he, had, he had the rum and coke with him, and he was standing on the baseball field with the rum and coke. I'm interviewing him. It was... It was uh, it's pretty pretty good, and you guys don't know, but like me, me and Cam know guys on that show and stuff like yeah, that. You do, um, <laughs> and it was crazy. He's like that in real life, Sam. Unbelievable. That, yeah, was, no, there's some what's his name in the show, Sam Lawski. I think that was his name, the character on the show. Oh, yeah, the Sam, show. Yes, Sam. Caveman Sam. That's right. Caveman, Caveman. Yeah. Poochie knows a lot about Trailer Park Boys. You're you're very good. You're a big Poochie. fan. Yeah, no, we work with the guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. We work with Caveman Sam. He's a piece of work, trust me. He's always coming up with ideas for Gabe. Hey, Gabe, I got this one. Now, you coming to my comedy show on the weekend? This guy had the most offensive jokes, too. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. His jokes are... <laughs> like, he'd, he'd be like, he's the type of guy that would be like, hey, he come up to me. Yeah, Sam Losco, that was it. Sam yeah, Losco for sure. Sam Losco. But in real life, he was the same way. Yeah, so he, he was. He'd come up to me and he'd go, hey, last night, uh, he goes, me and my girlfriend uh, wanted to have a threesome. He goes, uh, we found a girl in a wheelchair, but my building's not all access. And he'd start laughing. Like, he did stuff like that's funny, right? Like, he's like, like oh, you know, he'd have, like, amputee sex jokes and, like, oh, and the thing is, like, he's too hardcore for them. Oh, I know. Like, in real life, Puccio... Yeah. And our producer Puccio is big trailer park boy fat. In real life, they're like, this guy's a nut job. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how he got on the show. <laughs> You're right. He's dude. not an actor. Like, he met, he met 
like Ricky or Bubbles on a plane. Like literally, he was on a plane going to sell air conditioners. And they were basically stating, we're doing this show. And they told him, they, like Buddy went back to like the producers and said, listen, I just met this guy that he's like a sleazeball, like he is this show. And that's how Sam got cast. Because <laughs> I asked him, how'd you meet the trailer park boys? He goes, oh, I met one of them on a plane once. Yeah. He goes, I didn't know them. He goes, I was selling air conditioners. <laughs> like, selling air conditioners. You're right yeah. about Sam, though. Like, no joke. Like, we were even in the lunchroom game, and there's, like, women there, and he's, like, cracking jokes like that. Yeah, that guy had no filter. No, yeah. Sam's a piece of work. Fun guy, though. Nice, nice gentleman. Just crazy jokes. One thing the Trailer Park Boys were ahead of their time on, that when they did their movie, in which in the movie they campaigned and lobbied against legalizing marijuana because it would be bad for business for them. Exactly. <laughs> You're right. Very ahead of their time. They go to the Supreme Court to argue. <laughs> They're, <liable. laughs> They're like, look, trust us, pot's bad, all right? Yeah. <laughs> it's really because they have all this weed they're worried about getting stuck with. Exactly. <laughs> it's just too good. Bad for the hash biz. Yeah, bad for the hash business. They, they clue in. Uh, that's a great show. They kidnapped the guy in Russia. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. There's just, it's too good. Like, I, we could go on and on about the trailer park boys. Like, we know, I know the other guy too. Who's the rapper? Uh, what's the rapper's oh, name? Important. Richard Garner knows him really well too. J Rock. Yeah. J Rock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know? guys, yeah. that guy is so good. Like, it's unbelievable. He's so like, talented. You see like, that guy, like, we know him in real life. Yeah, Our good. buddy, a buddy of me and Cam that we used to do a show with is good friends with him. I've met him before, so I, don't, I can't tell who I'm buddies with him. I get, I'm buddies with the guy in Our Lady Peace, right? The drummer, Taggart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to be on OTR, off the record with him all the time, the TV show. So Taggart does a podcast with Torrance, right? So I sort of got to know him a bit through that. And uh, But J-Rock, he's nothing like that in real life. No, <laughs> he's a brainiac, that guy. He's, he's like smart, the whitest, man. straightest sort of... Yeah. But the thing is, he's so talented, the guy that plays J-Rock on Trailer Park Boys, he can do anything. Yeah. Like, you can tell him, be like a white guy that thinks he's black, like J-Rock, and he'll be like, oh, my God. Like, it's <laughs> you just, like, nailed it. Or you can tell him, be serious and cry. <laughs> like, like, he's that good of a talent. Or he can do stand-up comedy, the guy. Like, whatever you tell this guy, he hosts the podcast, talking about life. Like, whatever you tell him to do, the guy's not talented, that guy. I don't think people realize how talented that guy really is. No, Jonathan Torrance, he had a show before called Jono Vision, too, but it was a little bit ahead of its time. It no, was ahead that, of its time. That, that was guy, the problem. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. That's always always the problem, ahead of its time. No, that guy's got skills. Um, yeah, Leahy. Yeah, I love Mr. Leahy and, uh, yeah, Burger Boy. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, great show, great show. I love comedy. Leahy didn't drink on the show, and he doesn't drink in real life. No, but, yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> it's crazy, but Randy does. Yes. The guy yeah. that never wears the shirt, he does booze in real life. Like, oh, he's got, like, he's got a perfect belly. Yeah, you can't no. fake that belly. <laughs> no, that's not just burgers from a guy that knows a perfect drinking stomach. Randy's got it. That's, yeah, that's booze stomach for sure. Uh, I can go on. Like I said, <laughs> Bubbles is actually a really good guitarist. Really? That's why the Rush thing. Bubbles was in a Rush cover band. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't Dude, care. My everyone favorite. knows Bubbles, like in yeah. Halifax. He's, he was in a local band scene. Yeah. And... He stumbled onto this thing, dude. He put the glasses on. Like, it basically started as a lark at parties. Yeah. Or everybody, and he did a character, and people were like, oh, it's pretty funny. And, hey, yeah, 
made millions of dollars pretty funny. He was the best, though. When Conky came out of the swamp, Richard, his little mannequin when he was on the prowl. And I said, Ellen Page, who I've always liked, actually, too. I I liked her in Inception. It's mind-blowing that she's the little girl on the show. Exactly. She was so good on the show, hustling him and stuff. Screw Rumor. you, Ricky. Should rip Ricky <laughs> off. <laughs> she take off. <laughs> like, come back here. Uh, she was so good on the show as a kid that she developed into a good actress and stuff. And just for the record, Puccio, because I asked, because I liked her in Inception a lot. And I said, what's the deal with Ellen Page? Like, now she's with DiCaprio and these people. Is she a jerk? Because um, she didn't participate in, like, with a, there was a reunion and she, they couldn't get her. And uh, they said, no, no, she's really nice, though. Like, she's not a jerk, but she she makes too much money, basically. She moved on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were like, it wasn't even her being able to do it. It was like, yeah, her agents wouldn't let her do it. They were like, no, 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 you're not doing that. Like, they can't afford you. You know what I mean? It was one of those deals, like... <laughs> they were like, no, she was cool. They said she came to the party and stuff. Like, she encouraged it, but she was like, nah, I can't. I'm not doing that. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so awesome. our boy Pete's got a good one. We'll uh, just bring it up here. Rest in peace. Howard Finkel. You remember Howard Finkel? The oh, WWF Howard Finkel? Guy. One of the best. One of the best, Gabe. I love Howard Finkel. Legend. Howard. Legend. Hey, Howard Finkel. Yeah, Howard Finkel. It's just he's a Fink. 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 Hey, Finkel. Hey, thank you. Yeah, it's just got a perfect ring to it. Thank Shout you. out to uh, to Dave Gross. Uh, Dave Gross is out there in the Bay Area. Uh, he's a big fan of the show. He's just uh, jumped on board recently, actually. So shout out to, uh, to Dave. So he's been watching the AFL for a couple of years now. Um, do you guys have any favorite teams uh, in the Aussie Football League? And, uh, you do. I do. I'm a, I'm a diehard West Coast Eagle fan. I'd get up and go get the jersey and show. I got a jersey hanging in the other room right now. I just washed it. I actually have it. I have a West Coast Eagle jersey. Just washed it. <laughs> I'm washing every piece of clothing that I have. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. I'm going to do the same today. I'm going to actually spend the money and put it on, like, the hot cycle to really get the germs out of your least, then cold. again, you know, then it's clean. Yeah. Because yep. I'm going to bag it. I'm not keeping everything. I'm going through the process again. I'm getting tired of giving away clothes, Cam. Like, it's yeah. insane. Trust Every me, city, I'm like giving away clothes. I'm like, right, how am I going to carry it's this? It's in Toronto from when Uncle Santa Claus, a.k.a. Cam, came with garbage bags full of your clothing. Uh, some kids are walking around with nice jerseys these days. Yeah, I know. And all the jerseys I've hung on to, though, there's still a lot of them. I'm not giving them away. I'm not giving away the Warren Moon jersey. Remember the Jim Brown jersey that you got that we traded? Oh, that's awesome. Those are keepers. Yeah. Yeah, you got to draw the line somewhere. Chad Pennington, yes. Cam, Cam won. Cam won a nice, authentic, old-school uh, throwback Jim Brown jersey. Brown's real nice jersey. Oh, it didn't fit him. And uh, I won at the same uh, party. I won a $50 gift certificate for Modell, so we traded. <laughs> and I bought, for real, I bought great underwear at Modell's. The Under Armour fits like a glove. Great, yeah, good, good purchase. Yeah, so Dave, yes, I'm a West, West Coast Eagle fan. And for the record, they covered. They were laying 19 and a half when they played that one game this year. And they covered that. Uh, they covered that number. All right, our boy Pete asked, "Who's our favorite uh, all-time sports announcers?" Uh, he says you know, he starts with Al Michaels, Keith Jackson, Dick Enberg. Great he goes call. honorable mention. Honorable mention. Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan is very good now. I, I think Kevin fair. Harlan's right up there, actually. For me, R.I.P. Howard Finkel. He says, "Who do you? Who do you like?" For me. I'm going to go for baseball. Vin Scully, too good, Gabe. And uh, I never met a guy that was as good 
as uh, him till I met you, who kind of conversation with himself for like two hours, three hours, very hard <laughs> thing to do in broadcasting. So I'll give you some credit there. You get the Barry Harwood. That's crazy. Yeah. That one. Don't compare me to this yeah. guy. No, no, I'm just saying that's a skill set. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. On the grid, sports grid. I'm on the grid. I am Gabriel Morenci, and of course, SB Nation Radio, the loudest station in the nation. We promise Gary Gramling. Gary Gramling steps up and in. Uh, me and Cam Stewart talked about uh, the, the potential of hacking uh, that, uh, that's involved in the National Football League draft. And there's just so many different angles that the National Football League and their 32 teams have to protect themselves uh, from. Gary, great work. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan. Uh, we did a uh, – we like to check in with Sports Illustrated like once a month because you guys have some great long-form investigations. Big, big fan of John Wertheim. You should be proud. Great story uh, that you did. You spoke to all the, the pertaining parties. You covered all the bases. Uh, great, great, uh, great article, Gary. Oh, look, uh, very kind of you, Gabe. Uh, I, I like the way this interview is starting. <laughs> yeah. Great backdrop, too. So, no, I think you'll get oh, nothing, yeah. nothing but softballs. <laughs> Um, so a lot of people know about Zoom. So suddenly Zoom is, a, is one of these bud, buzzwords that no one knew what it was a couple of months ago. Everybody knows Zoom. Anybody that follows the news or reads the media also knows that Zoom has had a lot of problems. Casual from church groups to, to hospital, conference calls to basically every walk of life, hackers. And, and when we say hackers, there's so many different type of hackers. And that's what's fascinating about Gary's article but, you know, these are jackass hackers, right? Hey, some guy, they want to crash an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting and make fun of people. They want to crash a woman's group with porn, et cetera. You know, they, you know, let's call them trollers. But explain to us what a black hat hacker is, a white hat uh, hacker. Because, And there's more than that. There's probably about 50 types of different hackers. But there's not the concern of, like Trump would say, the fat kid in his basement, right, in New Jersey, this is a complicated and very sophisticated situation they have to worry about. Yeah, and look, you know, as far as the Zoom hacks go, Zoom bombing, I guess is what the uh, the kids are calling it these days, uh, that's lowbrow stuff. That is, yeah. to be perfectly honest, you or I could do that. Uh, it's, it's, Zoom was not built with security in mind. Zoom was built with, uh, you know, for instance, the, the grandparents checking in with the grandkids type of stuff. Uh, it is uh, very user friendly for that reason. It is it is very hackable, uh, and the reason it's hackable is because uh, well, one, it's built that way, but two, the people who use it tend to do unwise things. Uh, now, like you mentioned, alcohol. <laughs> you mentioned Alcoholics Anonymous. Alcoholics Anonymous can't. They don't have an email list of people they can send. That's the anonymous part of it. So you know, they they have to post their thing publicly, and you would you would hope people are not going to be jackasses about it. But uh, some people are. It's very lowbrow humor, but. Um, that's kind of the issue. As far as and 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 we can we can get into the fact that a lot of NL NFL teams are still using it, which kind of blows my mind. But uh, you know, as far as the black hat versus white hat versus and then there's gray hat, and that's sort of uh, for instance, a gray hat would be. Uh, and, and by the way, black hat versus white hat, it's kind of what you think it is. Black hat is the guys who who are you know 
holding hospitals, uh, you know, information for ransom and, and, uh, and, and schools, uh, a school district in Long Island got hacked uh, a little while ago and, and, and they basically had to pay a ransom to this, these people to get it back. Uh, White Hat tends to, you know, oh, we're going to find these vulnerabilities. We'll let you know about it. And hey, you're going to give us some money. Cool. Like, but we're not going to say it publicly. We're not going to make a, a thing out of this. Gray Hat would be, for instance, uh, uh, this group, Our Mind. I talked to a guy who at least yeah. purports to be from, from Our Mind. He wouldn't give me his name or, or any information. That's, that's the way it goes with these guys. But uh, they hacked NFL Twitter feeds back in January. People might remember that. Uh, the reason they did it is, you know, they, they took over, you know, at, it was like the Bears, the Chiefs, I, I don't remember who else, but, you know, they took over the Twitter feeds and then they, you know, post a couple things and then say like, oh, everything can be hacked, you know, contact our mind for better security, stuff like that. Uh, so they're kind of in between. They're not really doing mean-spirited stuff, but uh, they are publicly displaying the, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the hacks they do in order to get more business. And I explained earlier to people, and I don't pretend to be a tech expert, uh, but I do follow global affairs rather closely. And I explained to people, people don't realize that, like, Kim Jong-un's got an army of, like, 7,000 people. That's all he does every day, uh, right? They're stealing Bitcoin. They're trying to hack into banks, they, into grandma's savings account. Whatever the hell they can get their teeth into, they do. When I think of the NFL draft, that's what I sort of think of. I think of sort of... I guess I watch too many 70s um, cop shows. I love that stuff. So I sort of think of somebody calling, let's use Dave Gettleman. We all saw the picture of Gettleman sort of, you know, ha-ha, sitting in front of one laptop, unsophisticated. And as your article writes, look, Tony Podesta is a smart guy, all right? Smart guys. Hillary Clinton, the emails, dummy, and all that type of stuff. This came because somebody said, somebody clicked the wrong thing. They opened up the wrong page. And... Nick Saban's talking about, I just figured out how to use email the other day, right? So you know that the NFL teams are protecting the, their data, et cetera. But as you write, there's thousands of people in these chains. And there's, they're not exactly tech savvy. And it doesn't take much, right? It takes an email here, an email there. I was just sort of thinking, imagine I'm a Buffalo Bill fan. Imagine somebody calls Brandon Bean, basically, you know, Thursday morning of the draft and says, listen, I need $250,000 into a Bitcoin account right now. Otherwise, I'm going to put all your data information online in a Reddit chat room right now. I'm going to blow your entire draft up. And if you contact the authorities, good luck with that. I'll release this stuff in the next 30 seconds. Right? What would they do? Would they panic? Would they pay? That's what I, that's what I sort of thought of from that crime drama perspective of it. It, in that scenario, you probably got to pay. I mean, that, that Long Island school district—they paid. I guess insurance covered it, but they—they uh, they paid a hacker group. So how come to, they uh, can't go to law enforcement it. because it's too complicated? They won't be able to trace it and track it, anyways. You could. I mean, look, it, it, it's also a, a lot of the hacking that uh, that that I was uh, you know discussing with people. That is definitely a scenario. It's definitely a scenario that someone can get your information, uh, you know, sell it off to someone else, uh, hold it for ransom over you. Uh, what teams tend to worry about and what the, what the security experts and the hackers I talk to tend to worry about was uh, what a lot of fans worry about. Uh, another team's going to do it. And it is so difficult to get caught. And I bring up the, uh, you know, people might remember uh, Chris Correa, the, the yep. Astros hacker, the Cardinals executive. Uh, he actually, and, and, and we can, <laughs> we can you talk about people making mistakes. Uh, we got to clarify, the Astros were the victims in this. The right? Astros were the victims in this. <laughs> if, if you ask Chris Correa, he might yes. disagree with that. Yes, but, uh, right. uh, Chris Correa was a Cardinals executive. One Never other guy. Always as a Dodger right. fan, always something with the Astros, <laughs> Gary. 
Son of a bitch. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> what, one of his guys leaves, gets hired by the Astros. Uh, you know, Correa says, okay, you got to give us your laptop and give us your password. Does that. This guy goes to the Astros. Correa, uh, you know, hack, hacks into his account because he had, I believe he had changed the password, but changed it barely. Like, you know, his password was, was I don't know, baseball, and then he changed it to baseball one or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, uh, so Correa, Correa was able to guess the password. He got in, uh, ends up getting caught. The reason he got caught, he would have never gotten caught. The reason he got caught is because, uh, according to the FBI documents, Correa was the one who leaked the documents to Deadspin. That's how they traced it to Correa. That's how he got caught. It is very difficult. One of the security experts I, I talked to, and, and we talk about police procedurals, one of the, uh, uh, I, I think my inspiration for up doing this was the show Mr. Robot on USA, the, the, the uh, yeah. uh, Remy Malik uh, uh, hacker show. Um, an ex-FBI guy who consulted on that show is, is one of the first calls I made. And uh, he was just kind of making the point. There is no physical presence. There is really no forensic evidence, uh, assuming you have like some capability in computers. Uh, if you want to pull this off, if, if I'm uh, that I'll, I don't want to pick on the Patriots. Everyone picks on the Patriots. The Patriots can take it, but the you know I if, 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 if I, I just be real. when we talked about it earlier, <laughs> everyone thought Bill Belichick. Right? <laughs> if if I work if if I work for Brandon Bean and I want to hack the Patriots, uh, if if I can do it, it's really nearly impossible to catch me unless I do something pretty stupid to get myself caught. It's, it's so fascinating to me. And I'm sure some people tuning in are thinking, oh, you guys are so hypothetical. And what are you, you watch too many episodes of 24, et cetera. Well, I don't think they realize well, that, that we're in a world of cyber warfare right now, right? We're in a world of cyber crime. This is, this is the world that we deal in. I don't worry about it. I don't have anything to hack. You know what I'm saying? If you hack into my computer, you're going to find out I have a gambling problem. <laughs> and uh, and I, uh, I bet on sports a lot. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't really have a lot of secrets. I live my life online. But people don't realize this. Like, regular people get shaken down, married people, threats of, oh, I know you're cheating. And they don't even know if they know, right? Like, so I'm thinking of a more bigger structure as well. There was so much talk about the Russian interference in elections. We know for a fact, I'm not going to get into the political aspect of it, but we know for a fact that they there are people online that like to sow discontent, right? Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. better discontent is there than the... America has nothing right now going on. The National Football League draft is America. Mm -hmm. So I, I was thinking less so of a hacker and a guy. It was fun talking about some guy trying to shake down the bills for 100K or something. But I'm thinking, you know, Russia, Iran, North Korea. Say, so you know what? Let's, let's just sow a little bit more chaos and screw their NFL draft up right now. That's what I was thinking of. It's, it's, it's absolutely not outside the realm of possibility. I, I would say it's less likely. I, I think it would be uh, – I think other teams are the main threat. But That's absolutely, I mean, bigger, I mean, bigger than the enemy. I love it. The right, biggest threat like, is other NFL guys. Huh? That's amazing. Because, because because you know what? When it comes to other NFL guys, if I'm the Bills, and 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 look, I love the Bills too. So so don't get me wrong. But if I'm the Bills, <laughs> that Patriots draft board or the Patriots like uh, you know uh, whatever the, the yeah. information they have on prospects, I I'm not selling that. I'm and I'm not calling the Patriots and saying you know give me. It's like you erase a step that has direct value to me and to my yeah. organization, and that's so that that sort of simplifies things. But uh, as far as as another organization, I mean, you said it. Look. When my grand, when my parents Skype with the grandkids or or Zoom with this with the grandkids, 
yeah, someone might be listening in. Probably not. What are they going to do? They're going to listen to a boring conversation. And then, you know, that's, that's not a thing. You're talking about a multi-billion dollar corporation. And not only that, it, it, it's, it's one thing with, with the NFL itself. You have 32 member teams. They're all doing it differently. Some of them are probably doing it really well. Some of them, I would actually wager most of them, are probably doing it really poorly when it comes to privacy and security. And even though they think exchanges. they're doing it well, right? Yes. Because That's you know it, what? Yeah. It's, it's hard if you are not a tech person. And even you and I, we're in front of screens a lot. These coaches, they're not even in front of screens that much. You're out, you're on the field. You're working on the grease board. Uh, you know that sort of thing. So it's it's really hard, even if you have some uh, you know basic uh, interaction with tech on a day to day basis. It's still hard to wrap your mind around what could happen uh, for these coaches. This is a whole new world for them, and it really got rushed onto them over the past you know four to six weeks now. And never mind the fact exactly. I'm sure these coaches they got to spend time at least getting through the functionality of it so they can get through that night, right? And that's just time yep. that's cutting into them that they want to be working on the draft. And, and I've been kidding about this for months, actually, about coaches smashing computers. I don't know what Skype is. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Like, I can just imagine, like, really smart guys that are normally in control that they're, like, literally they have to have their daughters. All right, honey, get in here. You know what I mean? Yep. What the hell is this Zoom? Get me on this chat. Like, I got to speak to I got to speak to you know my quarterback right now. And yep. I don't even know how to do it. Um, something that stuck to me. One of the quotes that stuck to me the most from your article, and I was trying to scan through it and find a quote right now, but you would know. And I think it was basically the NFL security saying, "Listen, we we've guided the teams, we've warned the teams, we're helping mm -hmm. them as much as they, we can." But something that stuck out to me said, "But they're kind of on their own. Like yes. I, I eventually." Because I was thinking, like, they, as you stated, we've got 32 different teams here. There's only so much the NFL can do, right? I mean, that's the thing. And, and look, for the actual draft, and I don't think the draft itself, and I'm sorry to disappoint everyone, if you're looking for someone to, to drop in and, like, you know, drop some offensive images over Roger Goodell's face on Thursday night, very unlikely that's going to happen. ESPN, I mean, this is what ESPN does. They, they, yeah, as they you, as you write, they're yeah. already protecting yeah. against yeah. piracy, this, right? This it's really... not like the movie there uh, with, uh, with Mandarin, with Robert Downey yeah. Jr. When he cuts <laughs> into the broadcast, like out of a movie, we've taken exactly. over your broadcast channel, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like for, for ESPN, this is really not that big a departure from what they usually do. For the NFL, for the teams, it's such a big departure. And, and like you said, well, it's more security for the NFL than hacking. That's what we should be clear. Yes. Exactly, security, exactly. So Security so, issues for the NFL teams. Yep, and, and the NFL is mandating everyone use a program called Microsoft Teams to connect their team to the league office. Now, as far as how teams are going to connect with each other, the GM and the owner and the coaches and, and whoever else might be in the virtual war room, that's kind of up to them. And ding, the problem ding, is ding, 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 ding. You're that's still, the weak link, bro, right there. All, and and, and I, I hate to, I, I hope Zoom's not a sponsor of you guys. I hate to pick on them. I, I know they're not a sponsor of us and they probably won't be now, no, but they have offended everybody a long yeah. time ago. <laughs> they, yeah, they've had so many security problems. And the fact that there's so many teams still out there using Zoom, uh, Microsoft Teams is considered much more secure. But like you said, uh, you know, Bill Belichick, if some IT guy comes to Bill Belichick and is like, listen, coach, we can't use Zoom anymore. Like, you got to learn how to use this new thing. Belichick or, or how many guys in the league are just going to be like, get out of here. Like, I, I already learned how to Gary, use this. I yep. guarantee you. That's the thing. Yep. So Zoom, NFL, fine. That's going to be fine. They, you know, they're on top of that. That's where you talked about it. I'm not saying we get in affairs. People do it for kicks. Mm -hmm. Some kid actually in his basement is probably going to go, oh, my God. 
I see Cliff Kingsbury, you know, he won't even know who Kingsbury is probably. He's going to be like Arizona, like, you know, some private chat that they're going back and forth <laughs> in, right? Like on a separate system, right? The Zoom's one thing. Because as you stated, you know the teams are going to be like, all right, you know, Brandon Bean's going to be on the call with the NFL. McDermott's with him. But you know there's a pipeline. So suddenly mm-hmm. how secure is the Buffalo Bills line and stuff? And it might be people, sort of like people that listen to like police radars all day for kicks, right? It's, it's going to be a yep. fascinating... Never mind the fact we'll see in a couple of years which teams can actually scout, right? Gary, that's a, that's a whole oh, other yeah. story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's a great point, though, because, look, it, we're bringing up Belichick as a hypothetical. Hey, Belichick might be totally secure. He might be totally into this thing. He knows how important it is. Is everyone on the Patriots staff, everyone in that world? Now, extrapolate that over 31 other teams. I mean, how many guys out there? It, it, and, look, I, I put out a hypothetical, uh, you know, fishing scenario in, in, in my story, and – um, one of the security experts I talked to, I didn't put in the story because I don't want to encourage anyone, but one of the security experts is just like, I bet you could get a guy on every team. I bet you could find a mark on every team who you could, you could get with this scam and, uh, and take control of their laptop, take control of their camera, wow. take control, you know, be able to see their screen, uh, that sort of thing. So look, these teams are catching up and it, it honestly, it's probably admirable what, what they're doing. It, it, quite frankly, it's, they're, they're, they're rushing. They're trying to catch up on this stuff. There's no way, there's no way every guy in every war room is caught up at this point. Gary, it's a fascinating read. We encourage all of our listeners and viewers to go over to SI.com. There's some great long-form reading uh, over there. Great work, Gary. Love to catch up with you again. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Gabe, thanks for having me, man. Great stop uh, with Gary Grambling, SI. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.